listening to the Franchise Podcast Network, presented by Lucky Star Casino. Welcome into the DNR Report. It is a uh, Friday, March the 1st, right? Yeah, it's March. Hard to believe, right? Unbelievable. The month flew by. Dude, we've been calling games out the fairgrounds, and my days and nights are... <laughs> <laughs> I did feel bad for you guys. That was a lot of a lot of games, but you guys did a great job. What an ending for the one yesterday. Wow. Ske- yeah, Ceiling walks yeah. off. Who were they? Man, these teams run together. Remember, yeah. But yeah, Ceiling walks it off with a buzzer beater, a crazy backboard shot, off balance. Didn't think it was going to go, and it goes. But uh, that's about what you see with the high school tournament down there. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. The big house is such a great atmosphere. And the one thing I'm happy about, and we'll get into other stuff because I know this is more of a college podcast, but the one thing I'm happy about is they've added days to it because used to, I mean, for these small towns, and you probably know this, Dave, the goal for all these teams is to make it to the big house. Right. Well, there for the longest time, you can't get all these games in like in one day, you know. They try. They Yeah, well, I mean, they did, like, but they divided in classes. You know, class right, B was true. Wednesday and A was Thursday. Well, used to it was like everything started on Thursday, and so then you'd have some of these teams play their first-round game at a great arena at Carl Albert High School or whatever. But that's still not what they played for. Yeah, they right. played to get to the state tournament, but it's a thrill of – the big house. So it used to be spread around other places? Just for the first round because when there's two classes there, like next week, three classes, you can't get all the girls and all the boys games in in the one day. So they had to add a day to the schedule, and then that way they can get everyone to play first round games in the big house. That makes sense. And and it's great, you know, because these kids, I had a cousin, their goal always growing up was playing in the big house. They made state tournament one year. Played a game in Carl Albert, got that eliminated sucks. in the first round, that never sucks. got to play in the big house. Now, you could tell, I mean, the the families of the players last night and the players themselves, just being in that arena, the legendary place that Jim Norick is, you could feel the echoes when you walk in of past greats. It's just such a great I, – I heard they're talking about maybe tearing it down. I hope that never Oh, happens. no, no, it is. That's what's being built right next to it. So it is, something new is coming. Yeah, that new arena right next yeah. to it. Yeah. It, it'll actually be nice because really when you get down to it, as great as Norick is, and it is. It's a piece of shit. It, it's a dump. <laughs> but yeah, it's legendary, it's dude. It is. But you'll just keep it. As long as they keep the state tournament there, it still becomes the same thing. That's true. You know? That's true. And, and so it'll be nice. But, yeah, they, in fact, though, I think it got delayed, if I remember correctly. It was supposed to open next year. Instead, you'll get one more year now in the big at house. the big okay. house, I believe. Next year will be the last year at the big house. What are they going to call the new one? Do you know? I don't know. Okay. I, I know it's part of Maps Four. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. So it's that's the reason it was done. And to be honest, it wasn't done as much for the state ch- championship. Oklahoma City makes a shit ton of money off horse shows. Oh yeah. And they were starting to lose a couple of them. Okay. So this arena, as much as it'll be for basketball and state championships and the state wrestling championships. It's just as much about getting those tax dollars in for, like, the big horse shows. Do they still do rodeos and shit down there? Uh, not too many rodeos, okay. I mean, but... I've been to a rodeo the, way I, back in the day. I the think the house. IFR is there still, and, okay. and then, of course, State Fair time, they have the bull riding there and everything with the concert afterwards. So, yeah, so they, they do they a few. So they ride bulls during the fair at the, the big They have, like, okay. three nights in the fair run where it's, you know, a concert after the bull riding or the rodeo. They mix and match whether it's a rodeo or just a straight bull riding competition. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. But, yeah, it's all in all the reason the arena has more to do with everything outside of the state championships because they want to keep those horse sales or shows. I don't believe that's a lot of money, Randy. It's a lot. If you go by and you see that parking lot, you'll go by at a random, oh, January day. Yeah. 
and those parking lots are packed with horse trailers. Is that right? Yeah, and okay. you'll be like, yep, horse shows in town. There we go. And so you understand why. And even the Youth Expo, not that we go anywhere else, yeah. it's one of the largest in America, brings a lot of money to Oklahoma City. Oh, yeah. You want to make sure you keep all that stuff in pristine shape. And you've got to have the uh, latest and greatest, the newest. Exactly. Right? All right, well, I can't wait to see the new one then. Yeah, but Jim Nork's cool, man. There's yeah, a lot it's of tradition really there. a great event. I, when I was younger, I, I I used to show livestock and everything. And no. so so when I was younger. Wait, 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 back up. You used to show yeah. livestock. No yeah. way, I can't yeah. see it. Cattle and pigs. Yeah. No way, yeah. okay. So, but what's cool is the old bull shoots that are built. I don't know if they're still there. Yeah. They were underneath the arena. Like the stands. Okay. So as kids, we'd spend hours and days at the state fair with our animals and yeah. doing other projects and stuff like that. We used to caddy comb through them. <laughs> I look back now and go, no, oh, there could have been a killer in there. It could have been, you know, some just deranged lunatic. But oh, yeah. kids, you don't know better. But yeah, That's awesome. it was pretty cool. You're talking about like the shoots that they hold the bulls in before yeah. they like let them go to go yeah. kill people and try. And I guess evidently they weaved them through underneath the arena to get to the shoots. Okay. That way they weren't out in the public. I don't think they use them anymore. They didn't even back then, but it was kind of a neat thing. But they're under Jim Nork is what you're Underneath saying. where the stands okay. are. Okay, well, I'll go back next like, week. I'm going to check. Like the tunnel entrance on the one end, yeah. it was usually like either right off to the right or left like okay. you'd see a little door okay yeah, yeah i know what you're talking about yeah. i'll check it out next yeah. week pretty crazy Sorry. all right yeah yeah well, as we do rally here here we go yeah well we got to have stuff to talk about i mean we we got ou softball first game and loves field underway as we speak they're trailing miami of ohio three to one uh really hope they can come back and win that's that's going to be a bad loss to christen a brand new stadium if they don't pull this off as we speak yeah you can tell nerves may have got the best yeah. of nicole may to start it i mean gives up back-to-back shots yeah. she's settled down since then and you know it's crazy but i will say i was out there this morning and we've all driven by it got to walk up to it get a little closer inspection didn't get to go inside today we were it was way before they even opened the gates the place is pretty special yeah. i mean it, it's amazing what they built yeah, it is. and you think about the sport they built it for, right? I mean, who would have thought 20 years ago that an investment like that from a place like Love's would go into softball? But it just shows the monster it's become in this state, and really nationally, Randy, this sport has taken off unbelievably so. And you know what's funny is a lot of people, because Ryan and Eddie are on in the morning show on the franchise, and they're younger, younger than me. I'm 51, you know, and a lot of people, they give credit, and it, it is a huge credit to you and their success, how the sport has really started to blow up, and but what's amazing, I think you got to give a lot of credit to Oklahoma City. And what I mean no by that, so many people don't realize. A lot of people think the College World Series started in Oklahoma City almost when Oklahoma started being successful. No, it was here for Longer, years yeah. before right. that. Like, it had been here 10 years before the Atlanta Olympics, and it moved for a two-year run because they had softball at the Atlanta Olympics, and they wanted a couple of trial runs in their facilities out there. Okay. So it moved for that summer before moving back here. And even back then, they were drawing five, 6,000 fans. So, wow. you know, for the World Series. So it was kind of like Oklahoma City to me in general, this state was at the forefront of bringing softball to the level that it's at now. Well, you got to think OKC, you kind of think the home of college softball. Oh, yeah. I mean, and all around, it just so happens that the best team the sport's ever seen is right on the street in Norman. But No doubt. And it, it's crazy, and it's going to only get better when they move to the SEC when you look at it. Yeah. The Big 12's really stacked right now with Texas, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State, right? 
But if you take out Oklahoma State and you move Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, it's like right behind them are SEC teams. Right. So it's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be loaded for, for all the spring sports, to be honest. Yeah, it is. I mean, the run they've been on is really – it's unbelievable when you think about it, Randy. The parity college softball has now. Back when UCLA, Arizona were kind of doing their thing, you had the West Coast teams, and mm-hmm. that was about it. Oh, no doubt. What Patty Gasso's had to do, and I keep thinking – like the core players, like the Chamberlain and Ricketts team, they move on. You're like, well, that was fun. And they get like Sidney Romero and Shane Knighton in. I think, mm-hmm. well, okay, they're gone. That's fun. Now they get this new core, and it just, the machine just keeps rolling. Patty Gasso's got, <laughs> she's got to be the best coach of all time in college softball history. Uh, I would definitely think so. I mean, Mike Condreo is great. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the softball coach at UCLA had the huge run. Both great. But to your point, but to your point, the parity's different. Yes. I mean, yes. softball across the th- across the border, and as much as Oklahoma fans love how good Oklahoma softball is, and it's great to have them here, I think you got to give a good amount of credit to what the SEC did in a little bit of the window where Oklahoma wasn't winning the yeah. titles or making the World Series because that helped when Florida won a couple of titles, when Tennessee was competing for titles, Bama won one. That really helped the sport become national because it went from the West Coast now to the Midwest with Oklahoma to the East Coast with the Southeast schools. So that's where I think the explosion of softball has happened because now all of a sudden, like you say, it's not like it's just two teams out in Arizona and California. You know, all of a sudden a national champ can come from anywhere in the United States. Yeah, and I think what you to your point, the SEC teams, you start getting those fan bases involved with mm-hmm. their passion, and it's going to explode whatever sport it's a part of. But yeah, we've got OU underway, new loves field today, trailing three to one as we record this. But uh, Randy, also another spring sport underway, OU baseball. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll dive into that on a new segment here called the uh, the Bullpen Brothers. I'm actually off to produce the game here in about 20 minutes, so we'll uh, we'll get what we can into this. Oklahoma sits at five and three on the year after uh, playing some really tough opponents to start mm-hmm. a loss at DBU they beat number nine Tennessee uh they've been really really good on their wins their losses just a few things to clean up Jamie hit struggled a little bit you know in his first couple starts but I, I like where they're at yeah. pitching wise yeah and really even though we say first couple of starts I didn't feel like he struggled as much in the first start you know he ended up striking what out 11 guys ten, in that game ten, 10 yeah. guys you know, he had moments, and it almost felt like his ERA in that game got elevated because maybe, maybe they left him in a little too long in his first start. Yeah. Now, last week, Bad. that was just rough. Rough. But it was rough for the entire team. I'm wondering if there's some things behind it. Well, you know, like 3-0, and did you start, Yeah. you know, filling yourself a little? Yeah. It's like, I mean, and to be honest, 3-0, and and they'd scored 44 runs right. in those first three games. They're like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Bright State's not a bad team, and all of a sudden they punch them in the mouth, and Oklahoma just wasn't able to get up off the mat. But yeah. all in all, I mean, I think this team's about where we thought. Yeah, like you say, you can go back and go, uh, maybe they should have won at least two more games, DBU sure. and maybe the opener against, you know. But in the grand scheme of things, a tough schedule, five and three. Yeah, you got to like where they're at right now. Yeah, yeah, and they got more good games coming up this weekend and a tournament out in Las Vegas that we're not at. Wish we were, but... God, do I wish I was Oh, uh, dude, especially after last night. Yeah. But, you know, did you subscribe to the D1 baseball thing to, to watch it? Yeah, I was. I'm already have D1 baseball, so it was $15 more. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. <laughs> they got you now three streaming services, ESPN Plus, Flow, and D1. Yeah, I am. Cancel my Flow, though. We're good. We're <laughs> you good. You already did? Okay. Yeah. 
I double checked. I'm like, all right, didn't renew. It wasn't until the 16th of March. Okay. All right, good to go. I need to cancel mine. Come to think of it, we're not on that anymore, right? No, that program. that was one series. Okay. And really, after this week in college baseball, the big teams Plus. are done. Okay. I mean, like, so you can watch the tournament this week, and it's down there. I was watching earlier TCU and USC playing today. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, there there's one more tournament in Arlington. It's on flow, and then after that, it's all the smaller schools. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, Randy. I think the the pitching, the the bright spots. Maybe I didn't think we're going to be as good as the Witherspoon Twins, man. Oh, these, man. these guys have electric stuff. As Kyson got his first start, earned it with what he did against yeah. Tennessee. Got his first start last weekend. Gets his first career win and a really dominant performance. Yeah, in fact, a gentleman that is going to join us on the podcast quite a bit throughout the year as a guest here and there, Blake Brewster, former player. You know, he and I did a podcast last year, and and he's joining us on this one just as a guest here and there. He did the games last week, and after okay. Tyson pitched, he texts me and goes, Witherspoons, wow. Dude, I'm telling you. I mean, and that's a guy that faced a lot of guys, and yeah. he knows how filthy they are. I think we all do. I mean, what Malachi's been able to do, and then Kyson coming in starting last yeah. week, was a perfect no, but... Still really, really good game for him. First career start at Oklahoma. Probably a little nerves mixed mm-hmm. in. But, I mean, this guy's stuff, dude. He holds number nine, Tennessee. He's got one of the best offensive lineups in America. Holds him to no runs. I think mm-hmm. struck out four or five. Made him look foolish doing it. And this is a transfer, Randy, a new guy. And I've got to say, so far, the new pitching arms they brought in are outshining the guys that came back to this point. No doubt. And, and you know, I think we knew some of that was sure, going to happen. Sure. Definitely. Because some of these guys, they recruited the Withers. Spoons and and Davis coming in the transfer from Sam Houston. I mean, Gerton. high high level guys, yeah. Girton. So we knew that you know maybe I don't know if outshine, but we knew they were going to be front and center when it came to this pitching staff. I have been a little disappointed about some of the returners. Are like yeah. like Will Carstens. I'm not calling our guys out. I'm not bashing him. He just has a, it's it's almost weird with Will because he's looking like the Will Carstens that was the Will Carstens early season last year. Right. Not, how it not the finished. end of the year. Yeah, and you're kind of like, what happened? What what's going on? So because he started to come on towards the oh, last year. Oh, by the end of the year yeah. last year, you felt really good about when Will went into games. You know, and felt good about him coming back this year. Exactly. I mean, everyone when you saw he was coming back, everyone there was not one person that followed OU baseball that didn't go. Yes, that's good. Yes, that's a big chip to come back, and I still think he's going to be a big factor. Yeah, it could just be early season stuff with mm-hmm. him. I mean, you know the stuff's there. Yeah. It might just be a mental block to start. Carson Atwood, another one we yeah. talk, got to talk to down at the uh, presser. But uh, they got arms for days, Randy. The offense we saw last week against Wright State can do their thing, uh, really mixing in a blend of power with what they like to do on the bases with the chaos thing. We saw Carter Frederick mm-hmm. start to get back, kind of mix back in off that handmate boat injury. He looks good. Jackson Nicholas been very consistent. But the guy so far, I mean, John Spikerman is just tearing the shit out of the uh, baseball. No doubt. And luckily, I mean, from all reports, he's fine. He's going to be able to play After this weekend. Okay. Yeah, I was a little worried when he took too. that, came out for the pinch hit. I'm like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, that's not good. No. Yeah, but from what I saw from Skip's availability the other day, it looks like he's going to be able to play. So good news there. And then, you know, the the other guy we didn't mention, you know, Anthony McKenzie misses opening weekend, comes back last week, hits five hundred. Yeah, I mean he makes that, a difference. That just shows. I think what's going to be interesting for McKenzie, and and don't get me wrong, played really good defense last week yeah. at third and short. I'm still trying to figure out why is a Michael Snyder always at third. No I, I mean he was unbelievable. Both now granted, he may play so much better 
first than everyone else. Maybe that's why. He I don't looked know. really good at third, yeah. though. And Rocco was, of course, out sick last right. week. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how the lineups do today. What do you do with McKenzie? I mean, that you've got to stick Schneider somewhere. Now, and, and, look, you don't want to lose his bat. And But I think there's going to be times where there's going to be games where Easton doesn't start maybe at all because once McKenzie gets back and you get Rocco back as well, if Rocco keeps hitting the way he was – Probably one of those take DH. That way your backup catcher, whether it's, you know, Huddleston or whether it's McCarmichael, it's not in the lineup. Dude. Because you lose your DH if all yeah. of a sudden, you know, McCarmichael's I mean, DH and then he's got to go play catcher for some reason. And Mudler, they're the catcher. Mudler, really, I said Huddleston. What am I saying? Yeah, yeah Huddleston. Guy. Tom Huddleston uh, from yeah, the Avengers. Mudler, he was yeah. a catcher once. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Mudler's really good at catching. He is. I and mean, so, damn good. And that's where I still think in the end, because I, I like what Easton's done since – that opening game series, yeah. opening series, he looked a lot better at catcher. I, I I kind of think you might see him two out of three games in a weekend yeah. with the rare occasion at flip-flopping, and maybe then you do use him at DH. But you're risking a lot. All of a sudden your catcher, second-team catcher, is in the lineup at DH. Right. Boy, I don't know, man. You hate to lose Easton's bat, but you've got other bats you have to have in that lineup. Yeah. I don't know what to do with Frederick. That's another guy. Right. Well, that's why I almost think Easton's going to have to be the catcher. To open up that DH spot. Yeah, to open yeah. up. The, that way you can rotate in the McKenzie's, the Fredericks, the Garza, Gangora. Now, granted, one of those guys will be first. Right. You know, so you only have two of those you can rotate in after that or need to rotate in after that. And to be honest, Frederick can play the outfield. You can. You can rotate in guys there. I mean, that's what's good. You don't have to always take a bat out of the lineup this year. Like last year, I felt like there were moments where maybe a Bryce Madron, he's hitting the ball well, but he could use a day off in the outfield. Can't afford you to didn't feel really good because you didn't have a quality bat to put in there as well. Not the case this you know, year. This year, no. You can let Madrin or Pettis or Spikerman DH that game and let right. Frederick or whoever go play the outfield. So I think those are some good signs. And I'm still wanting to see some of the young guys pitch. I mean, yeah. or not pitch, but hit. hit. But, like, get a little more out of walk. Get a little more out of the lane. You know, I'm, that's why I'll be happy when they get to some more midweek games where maybe you can go – Hey, let's give this guy a night off. Let's see what Walk can do. Let's see what Lane can do a little more. And I know Lane got a start last Sunday, but yeah. just get a little more consistent and see with some of those guys. Well, I mean, they've had one midweek game so far, right? And it just so happened to be against undefeated DBU. Yep. I mean, that's a tough one to say, hey, we're going to experiment with some things here exactly. and see what happened. Still had a really good chance to win that game, pitching yeah. late, let it get away. But and that's why I say that's kind of one you may go, and eh, maybe yeah. that's one they should have, could have won. You, you know? know, you look at the – the way they start, though, and against who they played. I mean, teams like Tennessee, DBU, you can't really complain sitting at 5-3. and three. No, no that's, what, that's what I tell people about this schedule. Now, granted, everything can change by the end of the year. Sure. But going into the year, as of right now, I think they've played, every team they've played is going to the regionals. I with, agree with that. With the one question mark being, does Nebraska, Nebraska hold it yeah. together, hold it all year long? I was impressed with Nebraska, though. I, didn't I was, too. I, I mean, I think they're good. And they're, like, overmatched in that. No, that's what I'm saying. It's just they can't get in the Big Ten and stumble and finish, no. like, fourth in the Big Ten. Then, then maybe you're you're on the outside looking in. What do we think about Jackson Willits? Do we think he did enough last week against Wright State to – I was talking with Dylan Buckingham today. They were asking me on the air, and I, I said, look, yeah, it's not perfect, but I thought Saturday showed a lot of signs of yeah. what you wanted to see in that doubleheader. Yeah. Got a couple of hits in the games, both games, played really good defense, took some good at-bats, getting some walks. That 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 doubleheader stretch gave me the feeling of like, okay, and then I did like what they did. He had, he had what you'd say a somewhat successful Saturday, giving Sunday off. 
they are. Like let him let him stew in that positivity yeah. for an entire week, you know. And that's what I liked about it. Well, I mean, if things, you know, were <clears throat> negative with him and then they, they didn't like the trajectory, the good thing is they have pieces to put in place. Exactly. Just, and it, it gets a bat back in the lineup that, you know, I don't know what they're going to sacrifice to get other guys in. That's going to be interesting to watch. It's a good problem to have is they've got tons of depth. But I, I'm with you. I thought Jackson this weekend really took a step forward. And talking to Aaron Nicholas Friday at the game, Jackson's dad, I mean, he's talking about the pressure. Do you have any idea what Jackson Willits is? I mean, the pressure on that kid to be in a dugout as a Willits and a starting as a freshman? I'm sure. I mean, I I'm mean, sure there's members, maybe not, but there's probably family members from other players going, oh, he's only in the lineup because he's coach's boy, you know, and stuff like that. I guarantee you that's how and, 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 you know, I mean, and that's just pressure. That kid, he feels it. He knows it. He knows. But like I tell everyone, you look at his pedigree, his track record of what he's done individually. Erase his dad from right. history, what he has done. Oklahoma Player of the Year in yep. high school. A really top quality talent that a lot of people, you know, thinks are a draftable kid mm -hmm. when he's done. He's got the pedigree. Now it's just he's got to get out of his own head. And I thought maybe on Saturday we saw some of him just going out and playing ball again, yep. not forcing the issue. No, I agree with that. We're going to find out a lot more this weekend with the kid. But like we said, they got pieces for days just in case. They don't feel good about it. But uh we got to, oh man, we got to talk about OU basketball just for a second. Why? <laughs> uh, look, we, we kind of saw what happened coming because Iowa State is one of the better defenses in the country, playing at Hilton now seventeen and zero on the season, and they uh, they spanked Oklahoma and Porter Moser uh, this week. But uh, Randy, they're still in a spot to make the tournament. I think if they beat Cincinnati and Norman, they're in. Uh, one thing you don't want to do is leave that up to the last game of the season playing down in Austin for a chance to go to the tournament so they can kind of uh, control their own destiny, so to speak, by getting a win over the Bearcats when that game – because they're not going to beat Houston tomorrow. No, fully agree. And, you know, it, it's very funny because a, a lot of people sit here and there, there are media members that I know aren't homers that feel like they're insecure into the tournament. Mm. I'm like, guys, mm. I don't feel like that way because when you look at them right now, they're on the eight line. Mm. And to me, when you look at the bracket the history of teams that are end up being left out – and being replaced. The 8-9 is that slot, it seems like, of the bubble teams. Right now, this time of year. Yeah, yes. you know, it's like where yes. team, it comes out and it's like, oh, this team got left out. And when you looked at it, oh, but a week ago they were projected as an 8 or a yep. 9. That's that's the bubble territory. And to your point, that's the reason Cincinnati's so huge. That's the reason OSU was huge. That was big. If they'd have lost that game, yes, I'm sorry. Game, set, match, unless you pull off – a victory over a Houston, an Iowa State, or a Texas. In Austin, last game of the year. Yeah. Which Texas already has a win in Norman, and they just got a big one over Texas Tech on the road. So, I mean, yeah. if it came down to OU and Texas with the head-to-head -head in Austin to determine that, yeah. you're not going to like your position. It, and if you lose that game, I mean, you're going to lose the tiebreaker to Texas. You went 0-2. Yeah, that's right. That's kind of where I started looking at it. And you look at the Big 12, that's why some of these games are so important to win, like the Oklahoma State and the Cincinnati coming up. You don't want to get in a tiebreaker situation no. because – Really, when you think about Oklahoma, they haven't beat a lot of those teams in front of them. No, they have not. So when it comes to, hey, should we pick this team or Oklahoma, it, you're going to lose some of those debates because you lost the head-to-head -head matchup. Well, I think specifically Texas. Yeah, came that's down the it. big one. If OU happens to stumble at home against Cincinnati and it comes down to OU, Texas, and Austin, that's not going to put OU in a good spot. Yeah, you better go win in Kansas City. And I don't feel good about that. I don't either. I you mean, know, I mean. Maybe one and done, but. I mean, got. Dave, this team, I'm not, I'm not downplaying. Three years they, in a row, they, bad offense. They're just, 
nothing. I mean, and the guys are talking about it this week. Everyone's been talking about it. Half court offense is awful. There is no half court. I don't exactly. know what they do. No, there's. I don't know what we've, we've set up in, in the press area and tried to actually talk to other media members about what they're trying to run, and nobody comes up with anything. you got one guy dribble for 15 seconds and try to take a shot. Yeah. It's Maybe for, a high pick and roll, and that's it. It's even like the game when he shot from McCollum was kind of that, that way. It was a horrible possession. Yeah. Let's call it like it was. It, it was going nowhere. And I can mean, I tell Oklahoma fans, please stop celebrating that. You beat a bad, and bad, I mean a bad, bad Oklahoma State. You had to hit a buzzer beater in overtime. It was a lucky shot. I'll call it like it was. Right. I mean, it just But was. my thing is, don't celebrate. Like, people are like, it's going to go down in Bedlam history. I'm like, no. Well, it's it's the last Bedlam game, I guess. That would be the only reason, but it's not like it was future. this great game against two good teams. No. There's been enough games for OU and OSU playing each other in Bedlam and basketball. Yeah. There were good teams going head-to-head. No, I agree with that. I think just the circumstance. Well, I mean, you got to think about where they're at situationally. OU basketball has not been good this month. No. And going up to Stillwater, OSU was starting to kind of play better yeah. basketball. And they were, and that's why it's a good win. Yeah. I'm not taking away, but, like, but like you, let's not act like it's as historical. Didn't just win the national championship. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, wow. It's like, no, it's a bad team. <laughs> uh, they are bad. I don't know what happens with them and Mike Boynton. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's got to be a parting of the ways. You think? I, I think so. I mean, it has to be. I mean, which sucks because Mike's one of the nicest guys you've dealt with in the media. Yeah, he is, he is unbelievable, and I hate that for him. I've never heard a bad word about the guy yeah. from anybody. I think we may have just seen. Nope, they didn't score. Sorry. Yeah, we got yeah. OU uh, runner at first in the bottom of the. I think and second. Yeah, first and second. Okay. Well, yeah. we got something. Nobody, nobody out. out. In the fourth. All yeah. right, maybe anyway. they're on their way to get this thing won. Randy Heights, Dave Myrick on the DNR report. Uh, yeah, we got OU baseball. I got to go. I got to get exactly. this thing produced. Uh, well, this Let's is give a little sponsor mention here. Brought to you by Bob Hurley RV. Randy, Bob Hurley RV is the largest RV dealer in the state of Oklahoma with over 1,000 new and used units on their lot. Swing by and see them at 8606 North I-35 Service Road. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. That's going to wrap it up for this week. We'll be back next week with a longer show and a guest on the Bullpen Brothers segment. But for now, that'll do it for Randy Heights, Dave Mark. We'll talk to you guys down the road.